0: This is Cody Smith, and you're listening to the Virtuous Fitness Podcast. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the Virtuous Fitness Podcast. Listen, I've got an amazing interview for you guys today. I was super fortunate to get uh, Mr. Mike Robertson on the show today. And, um, you know, I reached out to him a handful of months ago and. Um he's such a busy dude. And, uh, you know, we had to schedule out a couple months later, but the first scheduling, we actually couldn't link up. We had this crazy storm out here in Washington and it completely knocked out the power and obviously no power means no mixer for the podcast. So uh, nonetheless, emailed him, you know, he was very uh, fortunate to kind of, or we were very fortunate to get this interview rescheduled. And that is what you guys are going to be listening to today. So um, in my show with Mike today, we talked about pretty much everything from program design, how he approaches program design for basically everybody from the general fitness population all the way up to some of the higher level, you know, M- uh, MBA and MLS clients that he works with. Um, we jump into a little bit of personal development and what that looks like from him for him day to day. And then ultimately, you know, how to be the best Uh, coach possible. Um, He shared tons of, you know, golden nuggets as far as knowledge is concerned, and I'm just very excited and uh, uh, humbled to kind of share this interview with you guys today. So um, as always, guys, before we jump into the show, I need your help. You're going to stop the show right now. You're going to head on over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. Ultimately, my purpose with this show is to get great information out to coaches, gym owners, and the the fitness person that is looking to just, you know, learn more about training, learn more about this this thing that we love to do called fitness. Um, And the way that we can get this in the hands of more people is with your help with the rating and review. So leave that rating and review, then you can hit that play button again and take a screenshot on your phone post it on your Instagram story. And I believe Facebook has the story function as well, but you can post it on Instagram and Facebook and then go ahead and tag Rob and I in it. He is at Rob training systems on Instagram. And I am at Coach Cody Smith. Uh, I love when you guys share those because it gives me an opportunity to, to, to show you some love and to share it on my story. And usually, uh, you know, the, the folks that I have on do the same thing. But ultimately, it allows me to connect with you guys in some way, shape or form and just know who is getting, you know, getting value from this podcast. So again, leave that rating and review, go ahead and take your screenshot. And then without any further ado, I'm going to go ahead and get this amazing interview going with Mr. Mike Robertson. All right, what's up you guys? Hey, welcome back to the Virtuous Fitness Podcast. You guys, it is an absolute honor. We have my good friend Mike Robertson here on the show today. Uh, I was telling Mike a little bit before we started recording that, you know, I'm a a, a friend of Luca Josevar. I've had Luca on the show two times, and every time he comes on, he always talks about, you know, this Robertson training systems and and this Mike guy and this R7 program. And, um, you know, I'm always surprised because, you know, right when I reached out to to Mike and asked if he would hop on the show, uh, I'm sure you're super busy, uh, but he managed to get back to me right away. And, um, you know, we had some scheduling snafus because some power outages and stuff like that. But nonetheless, we're able to get on the show today. So uh, Mike, welcome to the show.
1: Yeah, dude. Thanks so much for having me on, man. I'm excited to be here.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So Mike, like I told you before we jump on, I have a a ton of coaches and gym owners that listen to this show. And, um, you know, I get tons of value from the way that you approach program design and how you run your gyms. And um, really, any content you put out is always super helpful. Um, So, obviously, I wanted to jump into that. But before we do, um, could you tell us, you know, for the people that don't know about you, who are you in a nutshell? What do you do? Um, You know, what's your call to fame, if you will? And, uh, you know, we'll see where we go from there.
1: Yeah. no I love it yeah so a little bit about me uh, I've been in the game like 20 and a half almost 21 years now so I've been doing this for a minute but I like to say that I've seen basically Evan every, every nook and cranny of the fitness industry right I mean I've done one-on-one small group large group training uh, I've been at the division one level I've coached high school kids I've worked with gin pop rehab elite athletes like basically whatever niche you're in now I've worked with that niche at some point in time, right? So I've kind of seen all the nooks and crannies of the fitness industry. I opened a gym in 2008 with my good friend, Bill Hartman. uh, And basically, kind of my call to fame, I guess, at this point is, man, I've been around a really long time. I kind of hit when the internet really started popping. Uh, If you go back to the early 2000s, this website called T Nation was kind of a big deal. (laughs) And uh, so I just so happened to get on at the right time there. Everything was kind of coming to a crescendo in the online space. And man, I just, I was one of those guys that never left good enough alone. I think, you know, like we as trainers and coaches, we get excited about squats and bench presses and deadlifts. And you know, our clients don't always get excited about that stuff, but we do, right? And, sure. and I'm like a geeks geek in the sense that I want to take things apart and I want to understand well what's happening in that squat or what's happening in that push-up or in that deadlift. How can we make it better? why do people cheat? Why do they do things a certain way? How can I fix it? Like, that's kind of what I do is I I like to think of myself as a guy that, that likes to reverse engineer movement, help our clients and our athletes move and feel better. And, and basically that's what I've done since my, you know, start in 2000 is doesn't matter whether it's rehab, personal training, uh, athletic development. My goal is to take the person in front of me, help them deconstruct their movement and then rebuild them. So that they can be more awesome at whatever it is they want to do in life
0: i love that too i actually just posted yesterday like you know what is the meaning of coach right and, and i totally stole this from lucas so I'll, I'll give him this but <laughs> uh you know he said something along the lines of like you know think of coaches you know you're, you're like an airplane right you sit in coach right so what does an airplane yep. do it takes you from you know where you are to where you want to go and uh so i posted that you know really what does a coach do well we deliver this and we deliver that sure we do nutrition mindset per, or uh, programming all that kind of stuff but really we're trying to take, you know, a person from one place and move them to another, right? So I love that you said that at the end. Uh, So I'm curious that, you know, uh, for me, like I I feel like, you know, you talked about the T Nation being kind of a big thing and the whole internet and stuff like that. You know, I never, uh, and I don't want to say I never, I was way late to the game, right? Way late to the podcasting and the internet and stuff like that. I ran my in-person gym. I kept my head down and I just kind of, you know, grinded and trained clients and Gosh, it wasn't until about four or five years ago to where I was like, "Hey, there's something to this like content production, doing videos, getting mm-hmm. you know high quality uh, uh, high quality information and blogs and all those kind of stuff." I just never had gotten into that before. And um, for you, it seems like you had this like intuition to where you knew that that was kind of something that you needed to do. Uh, so, you know, what really triggered that? What kind of gave you this idea of you know, because like you said, you were running a gym, you started a business with a you know a friend of yours, and um, you know you got into the whole, the whole internet thing. For yeah. you, what what really triggered you or gave you that kind of idea of like, hey, maybe I should get into producing content and doing that sort of thing?
1: Yeah, dude, that's a great question. And I think for me, the reason that I got into it was I always felt this this need to give back. And I think part of it's in my DNA. Uh, my dad was a professor at a college for like 35 years. My mom owned a, a business, a horseback riding business and taught horseback riding lessons. So I feel like coaching and educating has always been in my DNA. And there's something, at least for me, when it comes to, you know, I don't feel like I've really learned something until I can own it in the sense that I can teach it to somebody else mm-hmm. and pass it on. I know that's something that, that Luca has talked about quite a bit, but that's the, like the natural process for me. Like that's my end game. So it's almost in a selfish way, like writing and creating content and shooting videos is a way for me to better understand these concepts. So that ultimately, once I've learned something, if I can teach it to somebody and make it easier or more comprehensible to them, I feel like now I really own this topic. And that's one thing that I feel like people have said about me for a long time and I appreciate it. It's that I can, I can make complex topics easier to understand. And that's only because once I take something in, I don't immediately try and flip it and start talking about it, right? Mm-hmm. Like it goes in and then I internalize it for a long time And then I start producing content about it. So, you know, like you talked about producing content, I've been writing articles since 2001. And and honestly, there's some blind ignorance there because what did I really know at like 25 years old? Probably not a lot, but I I did it because it helped me better understand things and I felt this need to give back. So I never started with this mindset of, oh, like, I gotta get my name out there. I gotta get published. Like that was never the mindset you know, when I started getting paid for creating content, <laughs> that's a definite bonus, right? Yeah, like nobody's yeah. going to say no to getting uh, a paycheck for something you enjoy doing. But man, for me, it was all about giving back. It was helping better process and understand these concepts and ultimately trying to to help other coaches and trainers basically fast track what they were doing. I didn't want people to have to make the same mistakes I did. So yeah. that was always my mindset.
0: I like that a lot too. And I like that you um, you know, and I was guilty of this in the past too. You know, as a junior coach, as I would go and learn something, <clears throat> and then immediately I'd be like, "Hey, let me tell you about this, you know, cool thing that I just learned." And you know, I never yes. tried it on myself. I never tested. It. I didn't understand what, um, you know, in 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 theory there was like you know this concept, but I didn't actually apply it to myself to know like you know what what is the person on the external side of this going to get? And um, yes. you know, recently for me, like with program design, is you know we do a great deal of like under individual coaching at my business and. Um, inside the gym, you know, we had this component of, you know, we do individual coaching. We have our online leg. We do our group stuff. Um, But for a long time, I would go and learn this concept and say, here, we're going to roll it out tomorrow. And then uh, things wouldn't go the way you think that they should. And then Uh, ultimately, and I've really made this my practice over the past several years, is um, I I will literally try almost every single concept of myself for at least three to four weeks before I ever talk about it, before I ever roll it out, just because um, I want to know when I get questions from that person or that client or, um, you know, something's not feeling a certain way, um, I have, you know, tried and and, and felt what these things feel like, um, so I can better kind of articulate what we're looking for and the response that we're trying to see. So uh, I love that you said that. Um, Now, When you originally started doing content, when you originally started writing blogs and stuff like that, were you really good? Or was it just something you kind (laughs) of had to come into? (laughs) Uh,
1: I'm sure I thought I was really good. (laughs) Um, You know, look, like I think there's, and anytime you do something like this, right, there's like the awkward phase. You know, we all remember going through adolescence and puberty and all that. And like, you kind of have to go through that awkward phase of creating content before you get to a point where you're good. And, and everybody's got a different, a different timeline for that. I mean, I remember this is going to show my age here, but like when I first started creating content, it was for print magazines, Mm. you know, like there was this old powerlifting magazine called monster muscle. And like, that was where I first started creating content. I first started writing articles for them. And then I got into like some of the other websites and I got into T nation and it really wasn't until I'd probably been creating content for two or three years that I felt like, okay, now I'm starting to hit a stride here. I'm finding my own voice. Um, and I clearly remember, I I had one article in mind. My wife and I lived in Fort Wayne at the time, and she had to work like once every, every four Saturdays, she had to go into work. So I'm like, well, I'll go in with you. I'll just hang out until you're done. And I had this article idea on the way to her work. And literally, I sat down at the article, or at the, the type, typewriter, I'm not that old. <laughs> I sat down at uh, the laptop and within an hour, I had this 2000 word article done, like edited, done. And I was like, okay, something just shifted here. And, and so I think once you start to get comfortable and confident in that, what you end up understanding is that like, you have to find your own voice. That's huge, right? Don't try and talk like somebody else. Don't try and be somebody else. And that's, that's great advice, whether it's content whether it's life, whether it's being your own coach, don't try and coach like somebody else, be your own coach. Um, But I mean, huge with regards to content creation is finding your own voice, being comfortable in what you know and understanding that content creation is all about being creative, finding angles. And here's what I mean by that. Like you could write an article about the squat and it might be the one millionth and one article on the squat. But what makes your article different is your experience right? The people that you've worked with, your unique angle that you put on it. And I think that's one thing that that a lot of coaches, they put a lid on themselves and they think, oh, that's already been written about. That's already been talked about. Yeah, but it's been talked about because it's incredibly relevant, right? People are going to write about the squat forever because they want to know like, hey, what's the best way to do this? Or what does this coach think about the squat? Like that's what makes it unique. And that's what makes it interesting. So, I mean, there's so many different ways you can take that, but Yeah, when it comes down to it, like I feel like content creation, it can be good from a business perspective. It can be great from a continuing education perspective, from helping you learn. But I think as you get better at it, it actually helps you become a better coach because you be, you have, you're clear in your thoughts, you're clear in your convictions. And most importantly, probably you're more clear in your communication with the people that you work with.
0: Yeah. A couple of things come to mind when, when you, as you said, that is like, um, you know, for us, like our in-person facility there, you know, I'm in a, a small city here in uh, in Washington. We're on the west side of Seattle, right? So there's not a, I'm not yeah. like in rent and like vigor, you know, where there's tons of right. city and stuff like that. Um, we're, we're pretty, we're, we're not like country, but we're also not city. We're kind of that awkward in between. Um, yeah. But you know, like for us, the, the amount of content that we produce and the fact that for me, like as the owner, I'm so active on social media, my coaches produce content. There's like videos, and you know, we have people sign up for the gym, and they're like, wow, you guys got a whole membership site with um, all these recorded seminars and stuff like that. And for us, it yep. really made this play to just have this hub of everything we do and then take the long game to kind of um, produce stuff for people. And I know that. And I've been told this many times, like somebody will go and they'll do their Google searching and their price shopping. They're looking at all these different things. Um, they almost always will choose us just simply because our website is just so full of information and we just establish this credibility um, yep. right from the onset too. And, I, and I'm sure you probably feel the same thing when people come into, to iFast. That's the name of your gym, correct? When people yep. come into iFast, they're like, oh my, holy crap, there's podcasts and there's articles and there's newsletters, all this stuff. Um, it, it, I know that that always makes a difference. And um, you know, you talked about like how it kind of took you to go through your awkward phase and move forward. Um, I literally tell all of my, uh, like mentor coaching clients that I work with, like, look, you just got to suck long enough to get discovered. Right. Like right. Just, like right. be terrible long enough. And, and you know, uh, I, I have a, a mentor client just starting a podcast and he's like, yeah, I don't know what to talk about. I don't know. Um, you know, what if I sound dumb? And I was like, you probably will. Right. But your, your mom and your sister are probably the only ones going to be listening to this and then exactly. it'll get better and better and better. And then when, you know, when you've really hit your stride, all of your followers and all the people, you know, those prospects, those clients, they'll they'll finally make their way to you. Um, So I want to kind of move in and and direct the conversation towards this R7, right? Like, and this is for all selfish purposes, right? Like we run a portion of R7 at at our business as well. And I do it in a lot of my program design. Um, But I'm really curious, like, where did that come from? did you just, you know, were you going to your, with your wife to work one day and it just popped (laughs) into your head or, uh, you know, did you really sit down and look to, to, to build this and to establish this for your clients?
1: Yeah. So, this is one of my favorite stories because if you know anything about Bill and myself, we are technicians at heart, right? Like, Eric Cressy, the smartest move he ever did was going into business with Pete Dupuy because then he's got a training guy and a business guy and done. Like, everybody knows their role. At IFAST, it's Bill and Mike and we're both technicians. So, you know, while the business side has never been our strongest suit, we've always been good at the technical side. Mm -hmm. And so… When we started, if you came to IFAST in 2008, you worked with either Bill or myself, that was it. We didn't have any other coaches. You know, We didn't even have interns when we started. And we were looking at our programs one day or I was looking at our programs and I'm like, man, you know, if I'm a new person walking in here, I have no idea what the hell's going on. You know, literally the first thing on your workout was called soft tissue mobilization. <laughs> And so like the lay person is like, what the hell is this? Like, I don't even know what, what these words are, you know, Uh, or, or, you know, just as you went through the workout, I wanted to create like this emotional response to what was going on. And I wanted to make anybody that walked in our gym understand the, the outcome or the intent that we were looking for as they progressed through their workout. So there was a day, it was myself, Bill Hartman and Eric Otter, who was, At the time, an employee at the gym, uh, I think he was kind of in between like regular, like undergrad and PT school. He's now with the Memphis (coughs) Grizzlies. But the three of us sat in a room and I said, we have to create better terminology. We have to make this easy for our clients and athletes to understand what we're trying to do. So that's how we started this R7 system. And so essentially what it is, is as you go through a workout... Just the same workouts or the same steps in a workout that you would take people through, right? Like you foam roll, maybe you do some breathing exercises, you warm up, you do some power training. Our only goal was to make it very easy to understand what those steps were. So instead of soft tissue mobilization, we call it R1, release. And so now your gen pop client that's never worked out in their life is like release, 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 what's that? Uh, Oh yeah, that's where I roll on that, that big, piece of foam and it hurts like hell. But then when I'm done, my knee feels better and I've got better mobility, right? Like those are the kinds of words that we were trying to find. So the R's are R1, release. R2, reset. So those are your like breathing exercises or corrective exercises. R3 is your readiness, your warm-up. R4, we call reactive. That's like your power and your explosiveness. R5 is your resistance training. R6 is your resiliency or your conditioning And R7 is your breathing. It's your recovery session, all right? So the way we try to describe this to our our clients and athletes that came in was, look, this is how every workout should be performed, right? You come in, you release, and it looks like a bell curve. You do your breathing exercises, and then you start to ramp up, and you get to your readiness. And then when you are ramped up, you're warm, you're ready to go, that's where we do your power training or your explosiveness or your heavy weights. As you start to fatigue, we'll do your assistance exercises. We finish up with your conditioning. And on the back end, that's where we hit the recovery work. We just do some gentle breathing. You know, you're sympathetic and you're ramped up. We want to get you parasympathetic so you can chill out, relax, kickstart the recovery process. So when we started to explain it to our clients and athletes like this, like it doesn't matter if you've been in a gym for 20 years or zero, you can understand the concept. And you can understand what we're trying to achieve at each phase of the workout. So, I mean, it's been huge for us. And I think we started talking about this in like 2012. And I mean, it's very humbling to see like this is used in high schools, in colleges, in professional sports teams. Like it's not changing anything that you do in the workout room, right? It's not. But what it does is it gives you a framework. So for the clients and athletes, it helps them understand why they're doing stuff. And for you as a coach, it gives you a system or a framework so that now everybody on your staff can be really tight and really consistent with how they write programs. So, I mean, it's just a win-win, I think, for everybody across the board. And that's why I'm so passionate about it, because on my end, it makes my life incredibly easy when I write a program and I can pick up any of my staff's workouts and say, okay, this is what Nikki or this is what Eric's trying to do here. You know, but from a client perspective, they know, oh, yeah, readiness. This is my warm-up. Uh, reacted. This is my power and my explosiveness. So I just think it's a win-win and it makes life so much simpler for everybody when you're using a common language.
0: Yeah, that's true too. You you know, you you talked about just like applying a framework, right? Like that's, that's literally how my brain works and, and how I like roll any design, anything that I do. And, um, you know, there was a similar conversation when we took pieces of R seven and we implemented into what we do. And, uh, you know, a lot of, some of my coaches were like completely hung on this fact that like, you know, but like, why are we, like nothing's different. Like, why are we, why are we changing things? <laughs> right. and, I, and I really had to tell him, I was like, look guys, this isn't for us. This is for the client. This is for the end user to know, like, you know, what, are, what, what are the things that we're doing every single day? What are the purpose behind them? It's not just like us saying like, Hey, go grab a foam roller. Okay, cool. We're done. Hey, go grab a band. We're <laughs> going to do some, you know, some band pull parts and kind of get your body warmed up. It's like, there's a, there's a purpose and a, in a reasoning yes. um, as to why that's here. So for you guys, like, uh, do you have 60 minute sessions? Like what I, I believe you guys do mostly semi-private as well, but, um, yep. do you guys have any like group only sessions where it's kind of, you know, one coach and a group full of people or what does that look like?
1: Yeah. So, you know, obviously COVID has, has bent the rules a little bit. I think for everybody, um, our gym has always primarily been known for semi-private training. Uh, I do a little bit of true private with like my higher level NBA guys, that sort of thing. Um, but we have had large group settings. The problem is we've had to scale that back, right? So just from a, uh, a capacity so, uh, capacity uh, perspective, we've had to dial back from like a max of 15 to like a max of seven. Mm. So you know. But the great thing is, like, look, if you understand the R7, the concepts and the framework, like Nikki, the girl who runs our boot camp and team training sessions, she uses the R7 framework to run that, right? Like, it doesn't change. Um, and I think that's the beauty of it. Like, I'm not trying to tell you how to train your clients. You could have somebody that's very speed focused and, Hey man, I want to spend a lot of time in R4 and maybe just a little bit of time in weights in R5. Great. Like you can do that. You could have a kettlebell person that says, I don't want to do any power. I'm going to get it all in my R5. That's great too. Like, I think that's the beauty of the system. Like you plug and play whatever tools or methods you like best. The goal is to get everybody speaking a similar language So that ultimately the client, the athlete, the coach, everybody is on the same page.
0: Yeah, that's awesome too. And and I like that, you know, from like you said, like a gym owner's perspective or like a business owner's perspective, it's easy to um, like for me, like I used to always say like, man, I I really have a hard time replicating myself. I really have Mm -hmm. a hard time like making somebody or, you know, teaching somebody to do some of the things that we do. And You know, when we kind of put out these frameworks and we're like, hey, like, here's here's how we're going to do things. And then, you know, over time, we teach the coach to kind of communicate better and and how to understand the psychology that people are going through, Um, though. They can focus more on that instead of like, well, how do I put a session together? And it's like, well, here, here's this method. Here's this framework.
1: Go nuts with that. Right. Well, okay. so that's a great point. As coaches, we need systems when it comes to coaching, because you're a business owner, right? Oh, yeah. You have a system for answering the phone. You have a system for cleaning the bathroom or cleaning the gym, but it's mind blowing to me. We don't have a system for writing a program. Like this was my whole thing. Like, so what? So you have 10 different coaches and everybody writes their program in a different way. And part of the, the kind of pitch when I I first started talking about this was we had such a broad scope of coaches in our gym at that point in time, right? (laughs) Like you had myself who was probably more of a traditional weights coach starting off. You had my guy, Ty Terrell, who came up under Lee Taft, great speed and agility coach, right? Like world-class. So he's going to look at programming through that lens, right? I'm going to look at it through more of a weights lens because that's where I'm comfortable. Bill is a physical therapist. Maybe he looks at it more from that lens. So if all of us are just left to our own devices and we write a program, like people are probably looking around our gym like, why is that person doing that and that person doing that versus now it's like, hey- we have this framework. If you want to lean on any aspect of that more than the other, that's great. But we're all still talking the same language. And, you know, you know, as a business owner, the more cohesive things look across the board, the better the business runs. So I think that was a big part of it is like, hey, man, we've got all these systems and you can read how to respond to an email, how to answer a phone, um, how to talk to a new lead on the phone, whatever. That's great. But now we have a system for writing a program. And I think that was a big piece of this and trying to get everybody rowing in the same direction with regards to their program design.
0: Yeah. And I like that too. And, and you know, that are, there's a lot of power in that too. So, you know, coaches and gym owners, well, we'll just say head coaches or gym owners, anybody that has like a capacity of people under them. Um, I know for us, like, you know, like I said, we do individual design in person, right? So, you know, they get their own program. They come in, there's a coach on the floor. We help them and stuff like that. Um, but what is a real great thing now? And what I love is that, you know, if we have, like right now, we have a coach that's pregnant and she's going to be going out and uh, not coaching for a handful of months. It's going to be a very seamless transition to take the people that she works with and kind of move them over to the side so that she can focus on being mom because we all run the same framework. We all program on the same thing. It's very easy. You know, we, we use True Coach as our platform. Like we can just move clients from one place to another. And although, the, you know, the conversations and, the, you know, the, maybe some of the, I guess you could say like the deeper tactics around mindset might be a little bit different but yep. is program design is going to feel the exact same and um, and that's true. I, I just had a client that moved from me to a, a female coach because she has some hormone stuff going on and for the nutrition side she wanted somebody that kind of understood that more and I was like, look, uh, I, I'm not as good there. I can put you with somebody who be, who is better and uh, you know, I asked her the other day like, hey, does your program feel different? And she was like, She's like, no, it's funny because you guys feel the exact same. Um, It's just the conversations are different. So, you know, it's it's interesting that we're having this conversation about that right now because, um, yeah, frameworks for me just kind of, gosh, and it goes back to this conversation of like, methods versus principles right like we know in program yes. design like there's always these new methods and and um gosh I, I like feel like i steal all of lucas quotes like one time it's probably he probably didn't even say it originally but it was like methods are many principles are few methods always change principles never do um right but it's, it's kind of the same thing with frameworks right if you stick to your your principal frameworks um you know you will always make sure that you can troubleshoot and get people where they need to go um, uh, absolutely so do you do you teach this like you have a certification as well like you have a, a, a yep. is it online or is it like a a weekend yeah, course. It's okay. all online. Cool, yep. cool. Um, do you teach the R7 in
1: your certification? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, the The whole point of the certification and, and the big reason I created that was I feel like it's very hard nowadays where we're so caught up in this like one minute Instagram video or this soundbite culture. Like it's really hard to to get a pure understanding of how a coach operates, right? And so that was kind of my goal with this was like, hey, I want an A to Z compendium as to how Mike Robertson assesses his clients, how he writes a program, how he coaches the people that he works with. And so for me, the R7 piece is just such an integral part of that. And I think one of the things that I try and do in that, that segment is take deeper dives into, okay, when it comes to writing a program, you know, when it comes to weights, what are the key principles you're looking for here, right? Whether it's you know, a, a more body comp focused program, a more general strength program, a more powerlifting or strength focused program, and again, like you said, I'm not giving you the fish. I mean, I actually do in the sense that I give some some templates because to a lot of people, especially if you're an entry level coach, like sometimes you need that, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes you need that. Hey, just give me the fish, uh, get me started while I'm learning the principle. It's that cook and versus I think, chef
0: thing, right? Like the, the cook versus chef thing, right? It,
1: absolutely. Absolutely, right? Like you need to just follow recipes. Like when you're getting started, that's what we all do. But that's how you also learn, right? It's not just blindly applying it and moving on, right? It's like, okay, it's being a student of the game. Okay, I gave this program to this person and it worked great. They lost 10 pounds. I gave this program to this person and it worked awful. They put on five pounds. Like what's the difference? So that's where you start to figure out, okay, what works for different people? That's where you start to sprinkle in your own ingredients. Like you said, using the chef analogy, getting more comfortable mm-hmm. with the skills and the tools that you have available to you. But yeah, man, I think it's finding that blend of, hey, you know, sometimes you need to give person the, people the fish while simultaneously teaching them uh, the art of fishing on the side so that they can eventually go out there and do it themselves sometimes.
0: Yeah. You know, so, and this is again, another selfish question. I'm getting ready to roll out something similar too. you know, for us, like, uh, I, I, started gosh, 10 years ago, like CrossFit, CrossFit was my thing, right? Like that, that yep. was my, my, my call to fame. Right. Um, yep. like that's what I, how I got into this whole training thing. And, you know, over the years I've kind of learned that, you know, we, like we did a whole rebrand process two years ago. And, um, for us, it was like, you know, I, CrossFit to me became that method. Right. And, and mm-hmm. as I learned principles and some of the science, I was like, look, like there's some good things here. But, um, you know, it's not our toolbox. It's a tool in our toolbox. How can we better, you know, how can we still use pieces of this and continue to move forward? And, um, you know, then I kind of stumbled into companies like OPEX and functional bodybuilding and all these different things. And all of them were speaking specifically to, you know, the one on one setting or the individual design setting. And, and for me, like I still find as a coach, there's a lot of value in the group side, right? Because some people enjoy that group atmosphere and they just don't get the same thing when they're doing it them by themselves. And, um, you know, through many conversations over the years, I, I was like, that's still going to be a big component of our business. But, you know, other than, you know, the CrossFit level one, there's, there's, there's no good courses or certifications, uh, speaking specifically to what we do. So I'm going to yep. be obviously creating something like that over this next year. It's kind of one of my goals, awesome. but, um, for you like what kind of undertaking was it to take like all this stuff here and obviously you've been doing it for years so maybe i already right. know the answer but like taking all this stuff here and then like vomiting vomiting it out onto paper and then getting it into a video format and then you know making it into a course what was that process like
1: yeah you know it's daunting um there's definitely waves to it right and i would like to think of it as maybe it's like a maybe it's like a a bell curve in its own right. In the sense that, you know, when you're starting, man, you're so hype. You're like, oh my gosh, this is going to crush it. I've got all these great ideas. And, you know, I went into the mind map software and the mind maps, like, you know, like if you printed it out, it's like the size of like a map that would cover your whole wall. Like that's where it's like thrilling and exciting. Right. And even when you start like laying it all out, you're still excited and you're pumped up, but there's definitely this lull. You know, like the 40 to 70, 80 percent, that middle zone where you're like, oh, my God, dude, this is like massive. And you're tired of staring at PowerPoints and you're like, oh, my gosh, I forgot to talk about this and I got to go back and I need to add that. And it's more work like like that's where people stop. Right. Like, let's just be real. And that's true of a course. That's true of so many things. It's like in life. It's like, oh, my gosh, like they get started, they get so far and then they just stop. And that's where you just got to have, you got to have that finisher's mentality of like, look, dude, this is getting done. This is getting done. And like, and that's where people always think like when it comes to writing, it's like, oh, you just sit down and magically stuff comes out. It's amazing. You're inspired. And it's like, no, <laughs> like there's a lot of days I don't want to write. Or like you hear about like great writers. No, they don't. They're not inspired most days. They just know from 9 to 11 a.m. every day I write. I sit down on my laptop and I write. And that's how you have to treat it. Um, What I actually did when I was doing this, very poor planning on my part because my summers are incredibly busy. Uh, That's when I've got the most basketball guys in. Um, My basketball business was blowing up at that point in time. You know, I want to spend more time with my kids because they're out of school. And I set this deadline. I just told my video guy, be here on this day or this weekend. That's when we're shooting, right? Like burn, burn the ships. We're going in, we're getting this stuff done. And so I just knew I've got to spend like an hour every night. And I set uh, an alarm on my phone that went off at like eight o'clock at night. Kids should be in bed eight to nine. I work on this project, whether I wanted to or not. And sometimes it's just like the path of least resistance, right? I'm going to add in the pictures tonight. I don't want to create any real content. I'm just going to add pictures. But I think that's how you, that's how you churn out a big project like that, man. It's daunting. It's overwhelming. Plenty of times you want to quit or give up, but. Like if it's important enough to you, you'll grind it out and you'll get it done. So
0: yeah, I'm like looking, you know, I I, I didn't use the software. I actually wrote that down. I was like, oh, I got to look into that. I like Google Doc oh. and I've got like, just all these pages I sent it. to I'm mentored by uh, Cody McBroom, who actually used to work with Luke yeah. years ago. Um, and he was like, dude, you just got to get, you know, you got to, you got to brain dump everything out. And then I, I sent him this document. I was like, what do you think? And he's like, holy shit, there's so much stuff there. Are you sure? Like you want to tackle that? And like, you, know, so, you yeah. know, what is your timeline? He's asking all these questions. It's like, I don't know. I just kind of brain bomb or, you know, uh, brain dumped everything on a paper. So, um, I, I kind of did the same thing. I just told my, I have a media guy and I'm like, Hey, we're going to record on this day, just be there. And we're just going to go for it. And we're going to get after it and see what happens. Um, so that's awesome. Thanks for answering that question. So, of course. um, for you, like what's, what's the focus of your coaching right now? I, I was listening to you talk on Lucas podcast and you, at the time you were working with soccer, uh, soccer players. I've heard you speak about basketball. Like, do you have like a, a primary focus? Like, uh, I know as coaches, like we're, we're told to niche down and all that kind of stuff. I know yep. it, you seem to be, I, you know, well, I probably seem to be a lot like you and into where like, I can't really stick to one thing too long. I like to kind of learn all of <laughs> ah. it. Um, so for you, like what's your focus in coaching right now, who are you primarily working with and you know, what does that look like?
1: Yeah. So you're absolutely right. I probably waited way too long to truly like specialize. Sure. Uh, so I consider myself a, a neo generalist for like the first 15 years of my career. You know, I trained anybody. If you would come in at any point in time of year, I could have professional baseball players, uh, NFL guys, NBA guys, major league soccer athletes. Like once the, when the gym opened, it was anybody and everybody. Right like that's just the name of the game you take whoever you can keep the lights on pay your rent all that good stuff oh, yeah. but as soon as i could i hired coaches to do that because the gin pop is not it's not my forte right i don't i don't enjoy that side of it as much and that's not to say there's anything wrong with that mm-hmm. it's just that's not my passion right and so as soon as i could i started to work with athletes i definitely had a huge influx of soccer players uh, i worked with like the Indy 11 which is the local professional team here in Indianapolis for five years. I worked with a lot of MLS guys, but I think deep down, I always wanted to be in basketball or around basketball. Mm. Uh, And so it's been about five years now, Uh, Joey Burton, who is a local basketball skills coach myself, have been training elite and high, high level basketball players. And so, you know, it doesn't matter where they're playing at high level college overseas, NBA, like that's definitely my passion right now. I, I don't know what it is. I mean, I grew up loving basketball and so you can insert like the Indiana cliche here. Like, yes, pretty much all of us have basketball hoops in our yard. Uh, but yeah, man, I just grew up. I love basketball. I love the fact that I could go always go out, work on my game. It's this beautiful blend of athleticism and skill. And, and a lot of sports tend to lean one way or the other. I love that. It's, it's such a unique blend of the two. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's kind of where my head is at right now. I still have a handful. Um, I call them my college crew, but I've still got some high school and, or college-age kids now that I've worked with since they were in high school. Uh, so like high school soccer, excuse me, college soccer, college softball. I got one guy that was a football player that's converting to rugby. Uh, I've got a professional race car driver. So I've still got a little bit of a mixed bag, um, but yeah the heart and and the focus are solely in basketball right now. I just love the sport. I love the guys. And I think it's just such a unique game for me. Like every decision you make could massively impact this person positively or negatively with regards to their health, with regard to their financial situation. Uh, There's a lot of skin in the game, so they don't need a lot of external motivation. And I think that's what I enjoy the most about it. You know, like the psychology is still there. It's a different rule or it's a different set of, uh, of rules maybe than you would deal with in a gin pop setting or a fat loss setting. But man, the, the, the mental side is still there. It's just you need less external motivation because these guys know like, hey, if I don't get this this work done, I'm not going to play. I'm not going to continue to play. I'm not going to make money. So that's what I enjoy about it. It's like there's so much skin in the game for them. It makes my job very easy. I don't have to convince them to buy in.
0: That's funny. And I was thinking that as you were kind of going through that, you know, the the kids that I work with in sports and stuff like that, like the for me, it's always been a daunting task because I know like how important like what we're doing in the gym, like uh, how much that needs to serve them, and you know, do no harm essentially, right? And uh, for me, that's always been like a heavy lift you know, we had uh, here locally, we have a, uh, a star linebacker from the high school that his dad came to me specifically because um, we're one of like the bigger gyms in industry. And he came to me, he's like, I want the owner. I want him to train my son, blah, blah, blah. Um, And for me, I was like, man, this kid has college scouts looking at him. Like, you know, I'm like program design. I'm spending extra time on it making sure it's perfect for you. Like, it seems like almost every one of your clients is just this heavy lift, you know, like they're, they're. (laughs) you have to get things as, as close to right as possible. Um, so for you, like, what does that program design load look like for you? Like, do you, do you like lock yourself in your office there, click the blinds down and go after it? Like, what does that look like for you?
1: Yeah. So that's a great question. And and let me give you some perspective here. So when I first started getting like pros in, it was like 2010, uh, and it was like MLS players, right. And, And not to be in any way disrespectful of the MLS, but they're not paid at the highest level, right? It's not like an elite NBA player or something mm. like that. So when I first got that real NBA athlete in Roy Hibbert, and I realized, oh my god, this dude makes <laughs> fourteen and a half million dollars a year, I learned real fast. You don't screw this guy up, yeah, yeah. Like that's priority one, right? And so I wouldn't say I go like into my office and draw the blinds and like light a candle and light the incense and say a prayer. Yeah, it's, <laughs> there's no mantras going on. But there's definitely a different level of focus. Sure. Um, and, and getting getting really honest with, okay, where is this person at? And, and there's, there's really a couple steps here. Like number one, when you write a program like that, and you need to do this with everybody, right? Like, sure. let's just let's make this clear, you need to do this with everybody. You got to have a vision for where they're going first. It's not just this person wants fat loss. Let's write my first month of a fat loss program. It's like, no, like bigger picture. Where do you want this person in three to six months? How do they look? How do they feel? How do they move? So you start with a vision and then you start laying out the building blocks from there. And I think this is another thing that we've learned about program design. You know, 2000, when I was coming out, there were like these beautiful, like periodization softwares and write your 52 week annual training block. It's like, (laughs) Come on, man! Nobody does does that
0: program out, right?
1: Oh, yeah. yeah, You gotta like, you gotta wave the intensities and plan your deload weeks. And now it's just like, look, dude, I'm just happy if I get a month of training uninterrupted, you know, without something coming up. So, you know, you have that vision. You have kind of what I would describe as those big landmarks, right? Like maybe month one, month two, month three. Your big rocks that you want to achieve in those those training months, and then it's like, okay. You just take it a month or a week at a time and you say, okay, how do they do this week? Great. Okay. I can progress them. How did they do this week? Oh, they didn't respond very well. Okay. I need to keep things the same or they did awful. I need to change something up because it's not working. Like it's no different than training any other client you work with. It's just the stakes are a heck of a lot higher. And for whatever reason, maybe it's just the fact that I'm an adrenaline junkie or something like that. Like I enjoy that like that's thrilling to me knowing that like hey if i play my cards right i can help this guy make extra millions of dollars every year like that's exciting to me
0: yeah there really is something so. to that you, you know like uh, i'll reference that 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 linebacker kid that i i trained for an entire summer like you know his, his family like invited us out to the season opener and stuff like that and there was like this um there was like this attachment to like seeing him perform well on the field yes. and For him to come back off after the game and be like, coach, like I felt so fast. I felt so explosive. Um, yep. you know, and every year, you know, he's in college now and, and, Uh, his trajectory was there. Like I I would think that I I just kind of helped make sure his trajectory was there, but he was already going that way. And I just kind of helped him to um, soar up some of the weaknesses that he had. But for me, it's, it's, it's so great because every time he comes home from college for the, for the winter, for some break, he's like, coach, can we get a session in? Can we see each other? Like um, there, there's like this fulfillment there. So for you, like you, you, you now have numbers and and, and tons of, and and I'm pretty sure anybody go to your social media, you can see like people that you work with that are getting offers and stuff like that um, you know, is there like a sense of just like, uh, gratitude and and just, um, happiness attached to like seeing that, you know, the, the fruits of your labor, like helping these kids to do well in their sports.
1: Yeah. And, And, and let's be real here. I think, I think it's twofold, right? Like there's nothing more exciting than watching one of your athletes. And again, we take zero credit, right? Sure. Like they're on a trajectory. We help them, Right? We help get guide them or help mold them in a way that we feel like is going to make them more successful. But I think the thing that's even more exciting to me, if there's something more exciting than watching somebody go out and just crush it in their sport and know that we played a small part in that, it's knowing that we're building better human beings in the process. Right? Like, chances are, if that kid wants to come back and work with you in the winter or in the summer, you made a massive impression sure. on that kid. You're making a better human being via, what you're doing in the weight room. And I think that's what I enjoy about this. Like, bro, I'm 42. I'm not 22 anymore. So it's like these guys that I'm working with are, man, one kid is 19. When I started training, him. he's 20 years old now and he's in the NBA and he's making millions of dollars. Right. So it's exciting to watch them perform on the court, but it's even more exciting when you can help shape and mold them off the court. And see them becoming great young men, giving back to their communities, right? Like Glenn Robinson has a foundation. It's called the Ari Foundation. And the things that he's doing for fathers is just, I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing to see these guys grow up and evolve. Uh, Edmund Sumner gives back. He sponsors uh, a local AAU team, right? It's like these guys are giving back to their communities. They're making the world a better place. So... As exciting as it is to see them perform on the court, and that's what we all enjoy, right? That's why we're in this because we love watching them perform and evolve, and and that's like the result. It's also cool to know that all of those side conversations that you have can help shape and mold them. And at some point, every athlete hangs them up, right? Mm-hmm. So we only hope that, you know, when their playing days are done that we forged a great human being in the process. So I, like I think that. that's really powerful as well. I love
0: that too, because, uh, I probably got this advice and like two years into my coaching and and I used to think it was always like, what's the program? What's the, you know, what's the, what's the periodization? Like, how do I make sure that's the best rep scheme? Like what, what time intervals do I need? And I got so (laughs) caught up in that. And, um, you know, I was reading an article one day and the article, um, goes into this, you know, this kind of long explanation as to like what coaches really do. And the the big lesson from it is like, um, and, and I know a lot of people are really switching to this connection based model, but, um, for me, like connection is something that it, it kind of runs hand in hand with like, like we're in the relationship business as coaches, right? Like if we're going to get them yes. to do anything uh, or we're going to get them to get to any result period, uh, those side conversations probably need to happen just as much as like the training conversations, right? Because, um, you know, when we, when we gain this trust with people, when we get them really bought into like who we are as the person trying to help them, who we are as the person trying to deliver this thing to them, um, they're, they're, they're going to get the results. Like you're talking about, they're going to get to the the higher levels of their sport or, or their result or whatever it is. And then they're going to be better people once they get there. Right. And and I love that you kind of went into that. Um, so I'm curious. You train tons of clients. You have a business that you run. You have uh, an online leg as well. There's a thousand things you This podcast is strategically placed in your schedule so that you can get to your kids and stuff like that. Yeah,, uh, you just saw mine walk by a second ago. He's like, "Dad's recording, <laughs> don't go in." Um, but the the I'm always curious as to how, you know people that are so busy, you know, what does that day look like for you? I'm sure you're very regimented and stuff like that. Uh, so if you would, for, you know, the up and coming coaches that want to hear, like, you know, they, they look at a guy like Mike who is doing well and, and, and a very high level coach. Um, what does your day look like to make sure that you can get through all of those things every single day and, and then do it at
1: a high level as well? Yeah. Okay. So there's, there's a couple pieces to this. Number one, the first thing you have to do is figure out what's important to you, right? Priority one, it's like you don't write a program without knowing what the goal is because the how I write a squat is vastly different if somebody needs power or strength or fat loss. Okay, so number one, what's important to you? And, and those things have to be reflected in your calendar. So if you say your kids are important, but yet you're working 16-hour days, like, bro, your kids really aren't that important. So sure. you fig- number one, you figure out what's important to me. Number two, you make a calendar that reflects that. And so like one of the things that I do I actually got it right here, but like, man, every day I fill out this beautiful daily planner I created for myself and I know like, Hey, what's on my calendar. And then I've got what I call my weekly 10 X task. And so if you've ever heard, uh, Grant Cardone, I think is, uh, the 10 X guy, but like there's things that you can and should be doing that maybe they don't 10 X your life or your business, but they mean way more than responding to that one email, right? Mm -hmm. Or or checking your social media for the 15th time that day. So, you know, what's my 10x task? Am I doing things on any given day that that move that task forward? Um, And then from there, it's like, hey, I have to really be picky and choosy as to what gets done on any given day. And so I basically try and create three, what I would call, just like punch the clock days. And I don't mean that in a negative sense, but like things that I can show up and punch the clock on, right? Like you show up and you know how many hours you're going to coach. So like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I know those are the days I'm going to coach whenever possible. I'm going to do extra podcasts on those days. I'm going to do stuff that needs to get done around the gym, marketing, selling, whatever. And that leaves me Tuesday, Thursdays to do the stuff that I need to do kind of to really like grow the business, right? So there's like I forget who talked about it. Maybe it was Pat Rigsby, but there's like now money. And then there's future money. Mm -hmm. Now money is Monday, Wednesday, Friday, future money, like projects, like you creating your, your course. That's Tuesday, Thursday, right? Because I, I'm in a different mindset. It's not, Oh, I got to do this, this, and this. It's like, no, I need time to fill out that mind map. I need time to create this PowerPoint. Um, So that's kind of how I set things up. I've got my certain days where it's punch the clock, do these things, you know, move in, move out. And then I've got days where I create space for myself to, to think and to strategize as a business owner, you know, like you can't just do whatever you've done forever. It's like, okay, Hey, I'm at this point. How do I get my business to the next level? What do I want to add? How am I going to increase or or provide more value for the clients and athletes that come to my gym? So that's kind of the way I set up uh, my days. It's, it's starting with a vision and, and figuring out what's important to you. It's, creating and finding your 10 X tasks, like what things are really going to help you scale your life or leverage your life in a positive way. And then breaking up your days into, you know, your punch the clock days and, and your more creative uh, work type days. And that's how I have it set up. It's not to say you have to do it exactly like that. Maybe you have to punch the clock, whatever X amount of hours, and you only have an hour one day a week to do your creative stuff. That's fine. Like you figure out what balance works for you. But that's what I found works really well for me.
0: I love that too. and You're kind of going to your schedule and mine's kind of flipped. Like my Tuesday, Thursdays are like I coach. I do all my private sessions. Uh, yep. we, we also run a Brazilian jiu-jitsu facility as well. So that's like the day okay. that I'm coaching that at night and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, there's like a four-hour block where I coach my four-year-olds all the way up to my adults. And um, it gets kind of crazy on those days. And usually my Monday, Wednesday, Fridays are very similar. But, you you know, you said something in there that I almost always share when, you know, we get those questions all the time on social media. Like, you know, what do you what advice do you have for the, the coach getting ready to start his business? Like, what are some things that, you know, you realize along the way that were big lessons or big light bulb moments? And, you know, for me, it was like how important it is to take care of me first. Right. Like Mm -hmm. I, I call it catching myself on fire and I'm not doing that in any sense of the word, but like, I I want to be like ready to go. Right. So I always talk about, you know, I wake up in the morning at the same time. I make sure that I get my exercise in, I make sure that, you know, I take a smoothie and then I do any sort of like, um, you know, creating space. Like I'm a big time, I'm big into meditation and stuff like that. So like I get all that done in the morning so that by the time I see my first client, before my kids are waking up, before my wife wakes up, before our crazy husky puppy gets the zooms and is like running all over the house. Like I'm good. I'm in this, this, this good mental space um so i i I love that you shared that because that's something that i think coaches we get we get so caught in like the grind the hustle you know the the team no sleep thing and it's like it's really not because you will burn out i've done it twice like yeah it, it will kind of catch up with you so um you know was that another one of those intuition things or was that like some advice that you got from somebody along the way
1: oh you know I think I'm pretty good at learning lessons. Sometimes it just takes me a lot longer than it should. (laughs) Um, You know, like I'm one of these people, like I can, like one of my mantras for myself is I'm a lifelong student, right? I tell myself that like every day. Um, And and I'm a student in the Strength and Conditioning game. I'm a student in the Business game. I'm a student uh, in a lot of ways in like the personal productivity, personal development space, And I don't think I have the chops to be like a Tony Robbins or something like that. But I mean, if there's something that I've spent a lot of money and a lot of time on over the years, it's learning how to get the most out of my life, get the most out of systems and routines. Um, Because look, by no stretch of the imagination, did I not have a great childhood or did I not have a great family life growing up? But I always have this question of how can I make it better, right? Like, how can I get more out of however much time I have here? Um, and you know, my parents worked incredibly hard. Like my dad was a college professor during the week and he'd come home and fix all the things that broke on our farm on the weekend. And my mom was like an entrepreneur that worked like seven days a week. You know, I don't know if she ever took full days off. So for me, it was always like, okay, like I never felt unloved, but how can I find a better work-life balance so that my kids get more time with me? things like that weigh way heavier on you than just adding another zero to your income. Like for me, it's like, Hey man, I want to, I think in terms now, definitely not when I was younger, but definitely now as far as like, what kind of legacy are you leaving? Right. And when I walk away from this, I want people to say, damn, he, he did improve the fitness industry. Damn. He was a great strength coach. Damn. He was a great parent and husband. Like when you start to think in those ways, it, it it can be hokey at first and I get that. Sure. But when you start to think in a much broader scale and you start to think more about your impact on the world around you, I think I think you start to just take things not more seriously cuz I don't I definitely don't take myself seriously, but you start to understand like what you need to do to to make that kind of impact. In the world and the space around you. And so that's something I definitely don't take for granted. It's like, hey, man, if I want to have this kind of impact, there's certain ways I have to move to get that done.
0: Nice. So, and, it, and that kind of feeds into my last question here because I, I do want to respect your time. I know you got a, you run, oh, yeah. a, you run a tight ship and I'm sure my, <laughs> my kids are getting antsy out behind me. Um, So for you, like it, it, you kind of elaborated on that a, a, as well. But my last question that I always ask people is like, you know, what is the best piece of advice that you've ever gotten or that you would, you know, that you often give to people. Um, so for you, does it run kind of, you know, parallel with what you were just talking about? Or, you know, what is that?
1: Ooh, man. I mean, I asked a version of this question on my show, but it's a lot harder when it's <laughs> when you're thrown at side, me. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, you know, look, like, here's one thing that I would always say is, and, and I've said this word a couple times now, but I think having vision for yourself having vision for your life, having vision for the clients and athletes you work with, having a vision for your business. It's very hard now because if you've ever read the book by Ryan Holiday, uh, Stillness is the Way, I believe is the name of the book. If you haven't read it, it's fantastic. But in this day and age, it's so hard to have vision because we don't have time, right? We're so easily distracted. I have to do this. I need to check my social media. I need to respond to that email. And so for me, that's like my Tuesday, Thursdays, right? I create that space to have time, to create a vision for myself. And I think as a young coach, you know, these are things maybe I wasn't ever told. Like, what do you want your life to look like? If you're going to start a business, awesome. What do you want it to look like? What do you want it to feel like? Who are you going to cater to? If you want to train high-level athletes, that's awesome. What are you going to do to set yourself apart? How are you going to train them differently? Or what are you going to do that somebody else isn't doing? Like, vision is such a key piece, but you have to take yourself out of the fray. You have to create space to do that. And I think that's incredibly hard. We're so caught up in, you alluded to it, right? Team no sleep. Oh, I'm busy, man. I got a 16 hour day. And look, uh, every hour is booked. Like, man, that sounds amazing. And it looks great when your social media, your Instagram story is like freaking 50 dots across, you know? But like, that doesn't tell me that tells me you're you're maybe checking a lot of boxes, but are those boxes worth checking? Like, that's what I always come back to. So if, if I were 24 again, I wish somebody would ask me like, bro, what's your vision for yourself? You know, I, I didn't, I didn't foresee myself being an educator in the sense that I am now. I thought, you know, I wanted to probably train some athletes. I knew I wanted to open a gym and that was about it. And that got me started. And that's not to say at 24, you have all the things figured out, but I think the sooner you start asking yourself those tough questions, those big questions, and the sooner you really start to get serious about trying to find answers for them, the faster they're going to come to you. And it's like a cloudy vision that over time gets clearer and clearer. I'm sure you said you've owned your business 10 years now. I'm sure your vision for your business is a lot clearer 10 years in, right? (laughs) because you, you make mistakes, right? You fail, you have some wins, you have some losses. Like you probably have a totally different viewpoint of hiring people than you did 10 years ago. Like the qualities that you look for may be different. Like things change and that's okay. But you have to start to ask yourself those big questions. And I think asking yourself what your vision is for your life is where you have to start. And then it makes all the other questions that much easier.
0: I love that too. So I, I do this practice all the time. I actually revisit that every year. And it's something that I use with everybody that I even just, you know, just my individual clients and personal training clients is just like, you know, I, I call it the gap, right? So you, yep. you look at where you're going and get very clear as to where you're going. Because it, it always, uh, once I got into kind of using this tactic, it always just kind of blew my mind as to, you know, people really didn't give much thought as to like, well, like well, what are we doing? Like, you know, you come and you do this thing every day, but why? Like, what, what, what is that, you know, that long-fetching place that you're trying to reach to? And uh, so I, I often use the analogy of, like, we're, where there's this gap here, right? We need to, we need to know where you're going. Uh, we, we know where you are now. And then we need to try to get there uh, in the, the straightest line possible, even though you and I know there's left and right turns, yeah. ups and downs. It's all over the place, right? But we're trying to get, you know, to this one place. And then the analogy I always share is, like, you know, imagine if you and I, you know, we, we were going to go for a drive, right? We just go get in the car. We don't know where we're going. We're just burning fuel, you know? And, and unless we got a, you know, unless we got a Tesla where we can just go plug in somewhere, we're in a lot of trouble <laughs> eventually, right? So right. Um, I, I share that analogy and then, you know, it just kind of puts this light bulb off in people's heads as to like, okay, like I, I am coming here for a reason. I am talking to you for a reason, right? There There's a place that I'm trying to get to. Uh, so I love that you shared that. Uh, so Mike, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you hop off here. Please by all means, plug everything, you know, where can people learn more about you, your certifications, your site, all that stuff, whatever you need to, to kind of put out. If you're working on something right now, um, go ahead and put that out as well.
1: Yeah. So the way I always frame it is this, right? If you have no clue who I am and you want to see if I really know what I'm talking about, go to robertsontrainingsystems.com. I kid you not, there's probably over a thousand pieces of content there from over the years, whether it's blogs and articles, podcasts, videos. I mean, I've created a lot of content over the years that you can get absolutely for free. So if you just want to learn more about what I do, learn more about my systems and my processes start there. If you're a coach or a trainer and you really want to take things to the next level, go over to completecoachcertification.com. That's where you can find out more about the cert, all the things that I cover in there. Um, and, and I think it's the most comprehensive program that I have out there because it really takes you start to finish assessment, program design, coaching, progressions, regressions, it's all in there. And it's made for everybody from the entry level coach who just got their certificate and a piece of paper that says they know how to train people that want to learn more to the savvy vet that just wants to sharpen the saw and get a little bit better. So regardless of where you're at, I'd like to think I have something that I can share with you that will make you more successful.
0: I love that dude. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um so Mike, this has been a great conversation. Um I appreciate the time that you share with me and uh, you know, I'll see you in the next
1: one. Maybe. Yeah. My pleasure, Cody. Thanks for having me, man.
0: Thank you so much for spending some time with me today and tuning into the virtuous fitness podcast. I release episodes every single week. You can find me at coach Cody Smith in the gym at virtuous fitness, WA on Instagram to stay up to date with all things, virtuous. Fitness. Before you go head over to iTunes and give this show a rating and review. That is how we grow this show and make it even more impactful for you. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode.